intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by 10000 or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only 1 years of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 3653640714 thank you with that as i said we're going to try something new today all right let's see if i can get my mic over here and we are going to be talking about, if I can get this. There we go. Okay, Canadian ELD part two. This is part two of the Canadian ELD system. I will put a link. Uh, I should have put a link in the show notes to part one. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about the Canadian ELD system. And I promised to make a video about exceptions. And so that's what this part is going to be about and then we're going to get into Canadian conditional CVORs. All right. First of all, when we are talking about the Canadian ELD system, who and what ELD systems have been approved? If you are a Canadian carrier by the way and you are you know you're going to be regulated, you're a federally regulated carrier, so you know the new ELD rule is going to apply to you, then you've got to check out this link here. This one here um, is a list of certified approved uh, devices. And as you can see, there is nobody on there yet. Here we are. This is February the, what, 12th, I think. Um, February the 12th and there's nobody on the list yet. So there are no devices approved. I had a carrier call me this week and ask, and he was so excited. He was, he says, you know, I just signed a new deal. I've got my ELDs going in. And I said, oh, who's the carrier? And he mentioned a, a, an ELD supplier that I had never heard of. And that raised alarm bells in it for me because if I've never heard of them, are they going to pay the money to get their device approved? And this is one of, one of the big differences between Canadian and the American rule is there is a third party that has an approval process. And I understand it costs $20,000 per device to get approved. So some companies are going to pay that money and others are going to say, well, the Canadian market just isn't big enough for us. So why should we, why should we do that? So be careful. Um, this graphic I thought was pretty cool. Let me just step out of the way so you can see that. Uh, that is in the link below. I did put that in. I will put this link in the show notes after I'm off the air. I forgot to do that for you. But it is a list of approved carriers. So uh, this device is pretty cool. Just to reiter reiterate the amount of devices that have been approved are none. Now, I have had some conversations with some suppliers or been on some webinars uh, and different suppliers said they are absolutely confident that they will meet the June 12th deadline. Yes, June the 12th is the deadline for Canadian ELDs. If there's an extension, who knows? There are some lobby groups that are trying very hard to lobby the government to have an extension because it is late in the game and nobody has been approved yet. However, as I say, there are several of the manufacturers that say they will have several of their devices approved 
And I suspect these will be the larger companies um, that will have them approved. And especially the Canadian ELD suppliers. Um, I'm not sure who all the Canadian manufacturers are, but they're certainly Isaac, uh, Geotab, Fleet Complete, uh, Big Road are four that come to mind that are Canadian. At least I believe they're all Canadian. And uh, I think they will all meet the Canadian mandate by June the 12th. That's an opinion, not a fact. All right. So uh, who needs a log? So the exemptions are, again, just like paper logs. If you're operating within the 160th um, as the crow flies. So draw a circle around your depot and that would be it. Um, you got to return to your home terminal every day, of course, to begin your eight consecutive hours off duty and the company maintains, and this is the kicker. This is what a lot of companies don't understand. Yes, your drivers may not have to keep a logbook, but the company maintains accurate hours of each day that the driver worked, the cycle that the driver was on and how many hours on duty. So that has to be maintained. And then the other exemption, of course, is if you're not driving a commercial motor vehicle. So um, there are some other exemptions, oil field and permits and stuff like that. So if you are operating under any of those, of course, you would be exempt. So uh, statutory exemptions is another way, one. This is an interesting one. The 30-day rental agreement. If you rent a truck, of course, the government's not going to make you install an ELD in a short-term rental. And the definition of short-term rental is 30 days or less. So if your truck breaks down and you need a short-term rental from Ryder, Penske, or many of the other rental companies, it's not a problem. You can rent that truck and you will be exempt and you run paper logs. All right. Uh, and of course, if the truck is built before 2000, it doesn't have a computer in it. So you are exempt as well. So those are the exemptions. Just real quick. I just wanted to cover that. Um, so that's the Canadian ELD rule. Nobody is approved yet. It costs money to get approved. I think only the larger manufacturers are going to say that there's enough business here in Canada to spend that kind of money to get approval. Because don't forget, several of the manufacturers have more than one device. There's one manufacturer I was on their webinar this week, and they said they have five, well, they have more than five devices, but they're going to submit five to the Canadian government for, or to the third party approval. Uh, so they're going to spend a hundred grand. Well, in order to get that back, of course, and all the money that they are investing, there's some huge differences between the Canadian ELD rule and the American ELD rule. So there's a lot of uh, software and development that goes into that before they even can submit. So it's quite expensive. I suspect only the larger, um, more popular carriers uh, or manufacturers of ELDs will do that. All right. So conditional CVOR. Let's talk about conditional CVORs. First of all, the insurance industry, one of my most popular uh, podcasts was when I was talking about the hard insurance market. And nobody seems to be talking about the hard insurance market anymore. It's still hard. It's still flipping hard. If you've got a conditional CVR, you just might be in trouble. There's several of the insurance companies have what's called filed rules. And a filed rule for an insurance company is the rules that they submit to the government 
saying under these conditions, we will do this. So one of the typical filed rules that they um, talk about is we will cancel a policy midterm if this happens. And so they outline what those thises are. One of the things that several of the insurance companies have made a filed rule, and by the way, a filed rule, they can't deviate from it. Once they've filed it with the government and the government has accepted it, it becomes fact. And so if they say, as some companies have, we will not insure conditional rated companies, then that insurance company can't insure you. And so if you have a conditional rated CB, uh, sorry, a conditional rated CBUR, then that insurance company can't insure you. Therefore, when it comes to renewal time, they're going to say non-renewed. It doesn't matter about your losses. It doesn't matter about your past record and how good you are and how much money that insurance company may be making from you. If it's a filed rule, they're going to deny renewal. So act on your conditional CVR. Don't let things happen. What are the different ratings? Well, for a CVR, the different ratings, there's excellent. Um, there is satisfactory. Satisfactory, you can only get satisfactory if you've been audited. If you're in good shape and you haven't been audited yet, you'll get satisfactory on audited, which is pretty cool. All right. Then um, there's conditional. This is the one that we are talking about. My conditional truck. It's only in pink. Uh, my conditional truck because there is one more rating as well. Um, but if you're conditional, you better do something about it. Unsatisfactory is the other one, is the last one. And if you're unsatisfactory, I don't know who in the heck's going to insure you. And you've got MTO all over your back. All right, so you're just going to blow yourself up. Anyways, there's the ratings. All right, excellent, satisfactory, conditional, satisfactory, unaudited, and unsatisfactory. So how do you get those things? A conditional rating, if you're less than 100% on your OVR, overall violation rate, if you're less than 100 but greater than 70, you will be rated conditional. Um, the other way to get a conditional rating is to fail an audit. So if you fail a facility audit, you're going to be rated conditional. Um, as long as you are, if you're less than 100%, if you're over 100%, you go to unsatisfactory. All right. And there's a bunch of other intervention levels starting at 35%, 50%, 70, 80, and 100. But uh, we're not going to talk about that. So greater than 70, less than 100, you will be conditional. You've got to be conditional. You're going to be conditionally rated for a minimum, for a minimum of six months. So this is huge. If you fail an audit, you can't ask for a re-audit for at least six months. If you go uh, over the 70%, even if it's just for a very short time and you get below 70 you're going to be conditional for six months. And as a matter of fact, if you go over 70, you've got to get it below 60% before they will consider lowering the rating. So once you go over 70, you're going to be there. Uh, then you've got to get it down below 60. And the minimum period there is going to be six months that you've got to 
once you've gone conditional, you're going to have that rating for six months. And before they consider reducing it to satisfactory unaudited, then you have to get it down below 60. And it has to have been at least six months since you went conditional. If that all makes sense. If it doesn't, reach out and I will cover this again for you. All right. Uh, so failed audit. Why did you fail the audit? Um, the only way to get rid of conditional because of a failed audit is to get re-audited. And every time you get audited, of course, you quite likely are going to get some tickets. So it's going to cost you money in order to get re-audited. Uh, and then, of course, I would hope that you would call a safety professional in to do a mock audit, help you get prepared for an MTO audit before you request the audit. And by the way, something new. I haven't heard this officially yet, but I assisted a company recently with a remote audit. It was interesting. It was a voluntary audit. They'd requested an audit from MTO. Uh, their CVR is down below 10%, but they were conditional and their insurance company was all over them. And the officer did this whole thing remotely. Haven't got the results yet. That's how new it was. But I had not heard of this happening before. I have heard of ASRA, uh, Alternative Safety Risk Assessment. Um, and maybe this is the outpouring of that. That was a beta test. So anyways, uh, remote audits are starting to happen. I don't know if they're just voluntary yet or if they are going to be full-fledged facility audits happening remotely. But interesting, in these COVID times, MTO is also adapting and good for them. All right, so to pass an audit, you there are different ratings if you've been audited. Uh, excellent is when you are really, really good. And of course, um, you can just pass or you can fail. All right, so what is it if you pass? you are, whoops, wrong symbol there, greater than 70, or sorry, greater than 80% on the overall audit score. And in each of the profiles, you scored greater than 70. So each profile, and there's three profiles, tell you what they are in a sec, but there are three profiles. You got to get them greater than 70. And the overall audit score has to be 80 or greater. All right. So that's an excellent rating. Um, if you just want to pass, a pass is the overall audit score is 55% or greater. And none of the three profiles are less than 50. So there's three profiles. You've got to score 50 or better on each of those. And the overall combined score is greater than 55. That's a pass. Awesome. That's all you really want. But below 55 or any of the profiles below 50 and you failed. And of course, you don't want to fail. So please pay attention, get somebody, get a safety consultant in. There's many good ones out there that can help you. And of course, I would uh, be available to help you. But you have to analyze why did you fail the audit? So if you failed the first audit, get the audit report. There is a report when the officer has finished doing the audit, they sit you down and they go through the audit results with you. And then they give you a copy of the written report. Get that written report out. It's going to identify the errors. And then get somebody, uh, get a safety consultant in to help you if you don't have the skills in-house. Some of you do have the skills in-house. 
But of course, if you failed the first audit, if you haven't made some major changes, why would you go through a second one without getting some assistance? All right, so get the audit results. The three profiles, what are they? The first one is vehicle maintenance, right? You've got, there's a way to set your vehicle maintenance program up and then the documentation and everything. That's what has to go into the first of the profiles. All right, then there's your hours of service profile. You've got to keep track of the hours. If you re are required to have logbooks, as I said in the beginning of this, the exemptions, if you're exempt, you still need to be tracking the driver's hours and cycles and, uh, and the on-duty component, all right? If you are required to have logbooks, of course, um, a lot of you are running ELDs, but you've got to be monitoring them. And then the third profile is qualifications, records, and reporting. Uh, to put that into layman's terms, driver files uh, and what needs to be in a driver file. So that's what you need. Uh, vehicle maintenance. Uh, in vehicle maintenance, just to elaborate a little bit on that, you got to get the CVIRs, Commercial Vehicle Inspection Reports, in there. And of course, if there is any work orders or repairs needed because of those things, get those into the file as well. And I would attach them right to the CVIR. Um, and then you need a PM statement, a preventative maintenance statement, and then you need to have your work orders or your invoices proving that you are adhering to your PM statement. All right. And then you got to keep all those records for 24 months. So hours of service, you've got to keep all the records, uh, whether they are log books, all the supporting documents, such as GPS records, fuel receipts, hotel receipts, whatever it is, payroll records. All right, all that kind of stuff for qualifications, records, and reporting. Just to elaborate, you got to have the driver abstracts. You've got to have the conviction records. If your driver gets a ticket, you better know about it and document it. And this is um, also the ticket. When I'm talking about tickets, sorry, when I'm talking about tickets, it's not just the ticket in the truck you better know about what the driver is doing in the personal vehicle because that could make them uninsurable. You need to know that. Uh, crashes, you need to have that in the truck, um, in the driver file as well. And lastly, just to wrap this up, I mean, rambling on here for uh, 20 minutes. All right, so to wrap this up, the insurance industry is really scary at the moment. All right, that's what I'm trying to tell you there. I think the insurance industry is really scary. You should be afraid of the insurance industry right now more than you are afraid of the MTO. The insurance industry currently is putting more carriers out of business than the MTO is. That's an opinion, but that's a, an opinion because of the work I'm doing trying to help companies stay afloat during this time. All right, so that's it for today episode. What did we talk about real quick? We talked about the Canadian ELD and the program there and the exemptions for the Canadian ELD. Then we talked about the conditional CVR. Uh, I am the conditional CVR guy, so reach out if you need some help with that. All right, that's it for today. Safety dogs out.